will take off for just a few moments today. Repeat after me. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate therein day and night. I will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then my way shall be prosperous, and then I will have good success. Tell somebody I'm getting ready to be blessed again. You may take your seats. Verse 30 says of 1 Samuel chapter 2, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Honor the passageway to honor. The purpose of our lesson is to sensitize us Uh, the people of God, to the significance of those around us. Again, it is to sensitize us to the significance of those who are around us. Amen. Just tell somebody next to you, you are important. Tell somebody else, you are important. Tell the third person, you are significant. As I've mentioned to you already, we have been in a, we have initiated what I believe a season of honor. Uh, We celebrated our 21st church anniversary there in the month of June. And uh, during that whole weekend, the 13th through the 15th, it was just a powerful time of celebration. We had a nice little gathering, a nice little party gathering, if you will, on that Friday night. And then uh, on uh, on Sunday, we came back together again, and we had just a time of acknowledging the different uh, uh, accomplishments of, of, of different ones here. We had the graduation of our Ministry Training Institute. I think it may have been the largest class that we have graduated to date, or close to one of the largest classes that we've graduated to date. We've also were able to license uh, new ministers and then, uh, uh, and then uh, also verify and then just give new license to one of our own evangelists here to acknowledge her within this ministry to release her to go in, in the area that God has called her into. We, we uh, um, acknowledge, again, the 21st anniversary. We celebrated um, the uh, person who volunteered, who put in the, the, the most hours and most service during the week, uh, during the month, and we celebrated those who volunteered, that the person who's volunteered as a, a volunteer of the month. We also, last week, uh, we honored our children during Children's Day. It's just a time of honor, a time and a season of honor that we're recognizing. Our church is moving and preparing itself for uh, the bishop's consecration, which is coming up in the month of July 2015. And the reason why we're starting as early, really, God has given us a head start in that we've got two years really to prepare because we had initially planned for it this past June. But because of things that have occurred and all of those things, they just, we kind of looked at it and it was best wisdom to move it to the following year. That was the best wisdom. That relieved pressure off of many people. Also, it allowed First Lady to, to, to be able to be how she wants to be, amen, because she's in a season of transition in her life, amen. And all is well, though, but she's in a transition in her life, and just, it just accommodated so many pieces to the puzzle, and it made more sense than not to move it. Uh, one of the things for me is that, of course, 
uh, this whole thing of the bishopric for me is not anything that I per, uh, pursued, not anything that I asked for, uh, was not studying up to be or anything. But the interesting thing is, and I shared this with Bishop Hilliard, the interesting thing is that uh, in, a, in, a, in a letter to him is that the, my peers have begun to notice my, the work that we have been doing here in our church for 20 uh, plus years, 20 years just kind of noticing the work, and then as, as some would interview me uh, about what we're doing in ministry, they notice that we have schools. Uh, actually, we have a school going on. We have MTI, and many of you may not see it as a school, but it is a bona fide school. I'm getting ready to pursue uh, things as it relates to the MTI, also to uh, some uh, the, the pastoral class that I'm getting ready to start, which is called the Shepherd's Mantle. Uh, we have uh, different class settings of preparation that we have in place. And I'm getting ready to pursue some certificate programs that will be uh, acknowledged, you know what I mean? A acknowledged across the board, some certificate programs. And then one day, I believe God's going to allow us to open up our school. Amen? Amen. Not, not just our elementary to high school, but I believe there's going to be some, some Bible college courses and things of that nature that we're going to be engaged in. Amen. In fact, the Shepherd's Mantle, a lot of the stuff in the Shepherd's Mantle course that I'm going to be sharing with uh, those who feel calling to the pastoral ministry and elders has a lot of the things that we deal that, that are dealt with in seminary and in Bible college. Amen. It's Christian counseling. I'll be talking and teaching on Christian counseling, looking to get that certified. Amen. Hermeneutics and homiletics, get all those things certified. Amen. I teach those things now. Teach them now. We're just looking to certify. So God is just, it's been acknowledged by my peers, and then not only my peers, by those who are my subordinates and those who I serve, such as yourselves, and everywhere I go, it's just acknowledged that they sense a walk in that office of the bishop. The respect that comes from other ministers and those who would like to sit under the ministry. We have a church over in Africa right now, and, uh, you know, and we're going back there, and as we go there, there are others who want to sit and talk with me about the association. There are pastors that I sit with all the time. They come and they take not one hour, but they take two, three, and four hours of my time just pulling and getting wisdom. And then people are just recognizing that this is a season that God has not just brought pastor in, but it's bringing our church into. Amen. God is, is, is pointing it out. I think I'll say that again. God is acknowledging it. Amen. Just a word of encouragement, I'm going to keep moving, and I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago, and that is no matter uh, uh, what it looks like for many of you today, you've been sowing, you've been giving, you've been serving hard, it seems like things aren't turning around for you yet, like you want it to turn around, do not get discouraged. I shared with you concerning the bamboo tree, how it grows down first before it grows up. That whole five-year process of growing down, you know what I mean, and then growing up. And in an instant, this kind of goes into this big, huge thing. Don't fret. Be not weary in well-doing. Due season. Tell your neighbor, and it's due season. He said, in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. And you've lasted. Many of you have lasted through hard, if you will, seasons such as winter. Not necessarily the actual season of winter, but you've had winter in your lives. You've had falls in your life where stuff was just falling, changing colors, looking pretty for a minute, but then falling off. You know what I mean? You've had those seasons in your life and you're wondering when your change was going to come. God is pointing to you now. 
He's pointing to you now. He's saying, because of your faith, Lord have mercy. He said, because of your faithfulness, it's time for your promotion. Amen. You've been plowing. Some of you, many of you have been plowing and plowing and plowing. Seemingly seeing nothing. Don't fret. Don't fret. Because God is now turning his face and pointing to you. That it's your turn now. Hallelujah. Tell somebody it's your turn now. This is your season of honor. This is your time for honor. God's bringing you up. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and please, some of you heard me say this before, so hear it again for the first time. Don't misunderstand the rejection that comes in your life. Don't misunderstand it. You had to be rejected. Rejection is part of the pathway to acceptance. Amen. Rejection is not designed to take you out. It has taken many out, though, because they didn't understand that that was a process. But rejection is really just a process for acceptance. And I speak of Jesus of this. Before you can fully be accepted, you have to be fully rejected. So it's just knowing how to embrace rejection rather than let it put poison in you and try to destroy you. You make it work to your benefit. And we know that all things, come on, Paul, talk to me. All things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his. Anybody called in here? Amen. Because you're called of God and you're purpose driven. There are there is there are things that you and I will have to go through. and They look bad at times, but the bad will pass. Weeping. comes in the morning so now and you've lasted many of you have lasted through hard if you will seasons such as winter not necessarily the actual season of winter but you've had winter in your lives you've had falls in your life where stuff was just falling changing colors looking pretty for a minute but then falling off you know what I mean You've had those seasons in your life and you're wondering when your change was going to come. God is pointing to you now. He's pointing to you now. He's saying, because of your faith, Lord have mercy. He said, because of your faithfulness, it's time for your promotion. Amen. You've been plowing. Some of you, many of you have been plowing and plowing and plowing. Seemingly seeing nothing. Don't fret. Don't fret. Because God is now turning his face and pointing to you that it's your turn now. Hallelujah. Tell somebody it's your turn now. This is your season of honor. This is your time for honor. God's bringing you up. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and please, some of you heard me say this before, so hear it again for the first time. Don't misunderstand the rejection that comes in your life. Don't misunderstand it. You had to be rejected. Rejection is part of the pathway to acceptance. 
Amen. Rejection is not designed to take you out. It has taken many out, though, because they didn't understand that that was a process. But rejection is really just a process for acceptance. And I speak of Jesus of this. Before you can fully be accepted, you have to be fully rejected. So it's just knowing how to embrace rejection rather than let it put poison in you and try to destroy you. You make it work to your benefit. And we know that all things, come on, Paul, talk to me. All things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his. Anybody called in here? Amen. Because you're called of God and you're purpose driven. There are there is there are things that you and I will have to go through and they look bad at times, but the bad will pass. Weeping. comes in the morning so now are you all still here this is a day where we've grown callous to the value of life itself we got people who are injuring and killing one another and within these senseless acts watch this now The reasons for some of these killings and violent acts are very petty and childish. Some people are dying or getting killed because they call someone a name. Some people are are, are suffering from violence because when they were told no about something, in other words, when their request was not honored and they were told no, Then they took a person's life because you told them no. That's the day that we're living in because we have devalued life. Y'all stick with me, okay? Life is being lost from dirty looks. You look at somebody funny or give them a dirty look, that was the last dirty one you'll give. Because we don't devalue life. Then there are others who have lost their life or have suffered for violence because of being an unfaithful spouse or an unfaithful intimate friend. Are you all here? Some of y'all right now ready to go in right now. Somebody mess with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Y'all ready to go in right now. Y'all just stay quiet while I plow through here. It's okay. You go in right now. Somebody mess with your husband. You ready to go in right now. You will take the girl's life, but spare his. Tell him off, cuss him out. But you take the other girl. I'll take you out, girl. Get some Vaseline real quick and get on with it, right? Yeah, yeah. There is a devalu- My point is there is a devaluing. That doesn't permit all of the wrong stuff that's happening. I'm just saying there's a devaluing of life. Amen. People are losing their lives because of a game. They lost a the game. 
then others are being injured because they don't like what a person stands for. Well, I found out that the culprit and the enemy of all of this is selfishness. Selfishness is the culprit and enemy of the adult. I want y'all to hear that. Selfishness is the enemy, is the culprit of the adult. When I was a child, I thought as a child, understood as a child, and I reasoned as a child. Watch this. When I became a man or an adult, what happened? Put away childish things. So in the adult state of life, childish things should be put away. Do you agree? Well, then why does it show up in the adult state of life? The adult state of life is for sobriety and maturity. But when you see childishness in an adult, there is selfishness. And the Bible says this about a child. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. That's what the Bible says. And the rod of correction will drive it far from them. But watch it. Foolishness is bound where? In the heart of a child. Why is there foolishness in adults? Because there's a lot of selfishness. Yeah. Selfishness is the culprit, is the enemy of the adult. Children say, mine, mine, mine. Children are the ones that don't like to share. You have to teach children how to share. You have to teach children how to give because everything is mine. And if it's not their own personally, they'll take someone else's and say, that's mine. Yeah. Selfishness is an expression of immaturity. Mm. Yeah. When there is selfishness, watch this, when there is selfishness, then there is, you can trace it, that there is also a spirit of dishonor that is in them. In the text we find, in 1 Samuel, we find there that God has sent a prophet, a man of God, to Eli the priest. He gets to Eli the priest and he begins to give Eli the word from the Lord. He tells Eli that I have originally through the Aaron, watch this, Aaron or Aaronic priesthood, Aaron through Aaron, priest, through the ironic priesthood, I have established you forever in my house. He tells Eli this. Not only have I established you, but your family is established in that priesthood. God said, I, I set it up back in the days when you were in Egypt. He says, but I've changed my mind. God says, I have changed my mind. Not so anymore. I am removing that from you. He says, and the reason why I'm removing that from you is because you have put your children above me. 
Eli, I'm sorry, he has sons, Hophni and Phinehas. By virtue, watch this, of Eli being priest, anyone born unto him or born of him, they become priests legally. So Hophni and Phinehas were priests themselves, but the Bible says of Hophni and Phinehas that they knew not God. That they didn't know God, but they were operating in an office, and a godly office, but they didn't know God. There was no reverence. How, how can you expect, how can you expect someone who don't know God to reverence God? How can you expect someone to honor God for who he really is when they don't even know who he really is? They were only doing what was in their nature. The Bible called them sons of Belial. They were sons of Belial. Yeah. Wicked boys. Dull boys. Boys who lacked understanding. Boys who were not connected. They were disconnected. Now, sons of Belial who are priests serving in the house of God? No. Here's what happened. God told the man of God to tell Eli, I've come to bring judgment on you and your household because you didn't straighten up them boys. You didn't fix that situation. You didn't deal with those boys. Here's what the boys were doing. We know that the boys, which is very obvious, we know that the Bible says that they were having intercourse, intimate intercourse with the women who served in the church. We know that part, don't we? The part that we don't know a whole lot about is that they also were taking God's offering for themselves. That which was set apart for God, they were taking for themselves. When the offering was being prepared, these dudes, these two guys, they sent their little servants over when the offering was being prepared, and they took their little three-pronged flesh hooks and stuck them in the bucket, in the pots, if you will, and whatever they came up with, they took. And one day, one day, the, the, the one who was preparing the offering said, you can't do this. Because the servant said, listen, here's what I want you to do. Before you boil any of it, give me the meat raw so I can give it to my man of God. So I can give it to my priest, Hophni Phinehas. The person who was preparing the offering says, no, let, let me, at least let me prepare God's first. Take God's out first, then you can have the rest. You can have all of it. And the servant says, listen, if you don't give me what I asked for, I'm going to take it all, and I'm going to take it by force. This is the spirit and attitude of Hophni and Phinehas. Eli didn't deal with him. He didn't check him. He let the boys run roughshod in the, of the house of God to have their way in the house of God, and he didn't check them. God says, okay. The man of God told Eli, judgment is coming to your house now. God is removing it. 
removing you out. In fact, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, you're going to see them in one day die. There's going to be an impact on your whole family, he says. He tells Eli this. On your whole family. Taking it away from you. You're no longer going to be a part of the priesthood that I have called and designed. Then he told him, he said, listen. Man of God told Eli God's word. Those who honor me, I'll honor. Those who dishonor me shall be lightly esteemed. If you look at the translation, he said, will be disgraced. Those who are supposed to have honor, God says, I'm removing them because they don't have honor the right way. The principle is, honor only comes to someone when honor has first been given to God. God says, those who honor me, I will honor. So honor, watch this now, if you're noting, honor originates in God. Honor originates in him. I don't have time today, but I'm going to show you in Scripture how that honor starts in him. And when honor starts where it's supposed to start, in God, then here is how God operates. He then delegates honor to those who honor him. It's like authority. There is no authority in here except God be the supreme authority. Y'all with me? There is no authority in here except God be the supreme authority. Every authority that's in here that does exist here on this planet or anywhere else is an authority that has come from God. There is no authority apart, no real authority apart from God. Principle, there is no real honor apart from God. So when we define honor... We define honor as this, and we talked about this this morning in our, in our uh, alliance session. The way we define honor is that honor is to value. It means to value. Honor means to give weight to. Yeah. Honor means to esteem highly. So what is it really about? I'll tell you what it's really about. It's really about the appraisal system. It's being able to appraise something. Oh, my God. And to assess its right value to it. God is Elohim. Oh, my God, pick me up. I'm falling. He is the creator of all. You and I, we are the created of the creator. 
Who is worth more? The created or the creator? The creator is worth what have I done. I have assessed value based upon who he is. He's the creator. Right? Thank God for the doctor's mother who have gone through school, gone through the process, who have learned about the anatomy, who has learned things through their biology class, who have learned through different classes, and now they're ready now to work on the human body, or animals, depending on who you are, and doctor. But let's talk about humans. To work on the human body, you are now a doctor because you have gone through the process to learn how to help the body. In its function, right? At the end of the day, is there anybody in here who have gone to the doctor, the doctor has given you medicine, he's worked on you in some way, shape, or form, but it didn't cause a change to come into your life. Anybody here? You've gone to a doctor and it didn't work. You know why it didn't work? Because the doctor has gotten his degree. He simply has a portion. He has a degree. Come on, y'all. He has just a portion of the whole. God can only trust him. Y'all, come on now. He can only trust him or her with this much. Because at the end of the day, you can take Tylenol. You can take Aleve. You can take Advil. You can take Motrin. Excedrin, Vicodin, Xanax, Zolar. You can take all of these medications and they not work. Because God is the one who puts the healing in the medicine. And if God says, this is not what you're supposed to get, I'm not going to let this work. It's not going to work. Why? Because he wants to get glory out of the situation. Many people have, the doctors have said, I don't know what else to do because they only have a degree. So who gets the greatest honor? Is it Jehovah Rapha or is it the doctor? Of course it's Jehovah Rapha. So what we do, we assess his worth, <laughs> oh God, his worth, and we put value to it. And so we honor him. Another word for honor is the word glory. Glory isn't just a shiny thing. Glory, I wish I had all my books that I give people, I'll give you all one. Glory is weight. It is brilliance, but it's weight. So when you give honor to someone, what you're actually doing is giving weight to them. You are pointing out 
they are significant. And so with that, I have to stop. I have to stop. In the natural arena, I'm stopping. In the natural arena, honor is given. But watch how, they, watch how honor is assessed in the natural. The biggest honor that's given to people in the natural or the social arena is predicated upon their wealth. The more wealth you have, the more honor we give you. In the social, in the social arena, we give more honor to the person who does the most. In the social arena, we give honor to the one who sings the best. In the social arena, we give honor to the one who has sold the most. Are y'all with me? In the social and, and worldly arena, honor is really predicated upon what you mean socially to us. Your wealth. In the supernatural arena where God lives and God operates, watch this. Honor is not based upon, Lord have mercy, how wealthy you are. God does not look at your bottom line in your business and then esteem you. A man's wealth is where his heart is. Okay. I better stop because I won't be able to finish. God honors you. Watch this. Based upon your love for him. All these words that I'm going to say are all words because love also translates in scripture honor. Your love for him. Your commitment to him. Your obedience. All of those things equate to honor. God honors those who honors him. God has the right. He's the one who says who is to be honored. And there, I have to stop. We will pick it up next week. I can't wait to finish this. This is still close to my intro, so we got a long way to go. Got a long way to go. Because I want to show you Jesus. When we look at you, stand to your feet. When we look at Jesus, you're going to see something incredible about what Jesus says. You're going to find out that giving a disciple a glass of water is big in the eyes of God. You don't have to be a prophet. Everybody say, you don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a prophet, but if you give a prophet a glass of water, you get a reward that is commensurate with a prophet.
It's going to be good, y'all. Honor. Season of honor. Season of honor. Stand to your feet. Because those are sitting. Y'all don't know y'all pull on me when you sit like that and you look. I feel like I want to say some more. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands right where you are now. I just want to speak over your life a little bit more. Because this is, this is.